Mark, he's Brian, Mark 2.0, and we welcome Nordic Daughter, Melissa and Jason, welcome to the podcast. This is a, such a treat. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yes. Very cool. Now, start out, start out by telling us the backstory of how Nordic Daughter came about. Oh, do you want to start? Sure. So, um, it's I guess it's a it's a long story. It came together very naturally because uh, I met my wife in 2007, mm-hmm. and we got married in 2009. And I've been playing guitar my whole life. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I've been playing guitar my whole life since I was a kid, and uh, I was I've been in and out of bands, a lot of rock and hard hard rock bands. And uh, <clears throat> Melissa was I always. You know, I knew that she could sing a little bit from early on in our relationship. First time I heard her sing was her singing her daughter a lullaby and it made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And I was like, what was that? Oh, my God. And uh, it just it took a a few years for us to get comfortable with writing together. And and I I think I had to build up her confidence a little bit because she had never really done that. And um, I think by, you know, it, it wasn't until around 2016 that we actually actually had enough songs that were like okay let's go in the studio and record these and uh, nice. we started putting together a band that year actually so yeah so you're a, a duo really organic process you yeah know? well that's cool the whole well the the husband wife team thing to me right. is is really the coolest thing so far about this thing and it seems to be working really well and you know it is so cool when you know you see two people you know, people get married, but when they share life on this level, it's just like, seems like the bond is greater. Nothing against anybody else. I mean, but you know, you know, they own a business or they're just passionate about some kind of charity, anything like that, that they truly have outside of day-to-day life and regular, just being hi, honey, I'm home and all that stuff, you know? So it's truly inspiring what you guys have done. And uh, by the look of your website, you've been working really hard on it, uh, unless you're really just super good at it and super natural at all of this. I was like marveling at the cinematography of the whole thing. And I'm like, Mark, these guys are really super talented and they have this theme and and they're really yeah. onto something really cool. So, um, Melissa, how 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 old were you when when you guys actually met? Twenty seven. We were young. We were babies. Um, I would say, yeah, 27. We were both 27 when we met. Um, Mm -hmm. We met at a party. I was looking at moving from the corporate world into music and entertainment because I just needed something that was a little bit more dear to my heart. I feel like at that age, you're you're looking for your passions and you could either go, you could either go like, hey, we're going to focus on the money or we're going to focus on the purpose. And so I think we connected around purpose. Mm -hmm. Really, I had a teenage son and I had a young daughter and we met and he kind of fit into our lives really magically. Um, And music really helped me heal from a lot of my past traumas. And I feel that we both had a desire to work toward 
making music that really could impact people on a level that you you don't see a lot of in I think pop music. That's awesome. But um, yeah, I'm, we definitely connected around purpose. So you both have music backgrounds too. It meant a lot to you since you were young, both of you. Oh yeah, I I think I started playing piano when I was like seven. Wow. Um, what kind of things did you do up until that point that you were twenty seven? Mm, I did a lot of sales because I was a single mom, so I had to make the money. Mm. Raising my kids. Um, I think it happens. I mean, when you're a passionate person, life, life will take you on a ride. And so you can't always plan what happens to you. You can just make the best out of what happens to you. And raising kids was a big passion of mine for a while. And then I knew that when they got into school, I was going to be able to pursue the things that really drove me. So music mm. is, is that. Day-to-day life. Day-to-day life is so hard. I know, especially being out. Of, I was in and out of bands like your husband. And there's just so many pitfalls. You know, yeah. God bless anybody who makes it even, you know, halfway, you know. I agree. It's hard, you know. It's it's definitely the hardest thing that I've ever done. And, and it's interesting because I've joined bands and we're like, we're going to be like this and we're going to do that or you know, and you have this big vision. And then, you know, here we have this Nordic Daughter project that we, we didn't have a vision for. We just, it just kind of, it almost happened to us. You know what I mean? It's it's like, we didn't set out to like, okay, this is good, what it's going to be, but it, it we just kept on working at it. And it's, and it just keeps growing and growing. And it's, it's been a really cool process to see this turn into what it's turned into you know so well when something like that happens you you just have to go with it i mean it's almost like magically happening around you i mean so i sorry mark i don't want to cut you off no i was just gonna say when did this all start when did nordic Mm -hmm. daughter start give us the i mean the root yeah when and when and and what is nordic daughter i mean why nordic daughter why well well, let let me go back a little bit because when we first when we first met at that party um I, I was playing at uh, the Gothic Theater in Denver, and I think it was a, an EP release for my band at the time, and I gave her a couple tickets because we connected at this party, and I just thought she, she was super cool. And But I I honestly didn't think she, I would ever see her again, you know? And then I, she didn't come to the show, and I was like, oh, well, so much for that. But she actually, through my band, connected with me through the My State, MySpace days back in the day you know so we started chatting and and talking it up and um and her her uh name on myspace was nordic daughter wow. because no kidding <laughs> she, she's oh, the nordic man. daughter she you know her her maiden name is severson you know so you know her family you know comes from you know scandinavian scandinavian culture and uh, mm-hmm. it's something that she was really proud of. And so so, um, so that's like the, the origins of it. And um, I think, I mean, she's always been the Nordic daughter to me, you know what I mean? So that's how I kind of met her. And then um, as we started making music together, you know, I always wanted to showcase her vocals because I feel like that's the best part of our music is, is her beautiful voice. She is the Nordic daughter. And, and killer so, you know yeah, yeah she you know she she has the voice of an angel you know and 
And mm-hmm. so I actually put down the electric guitar um, because I was like, I don't, I can't cover up this beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I went over and, and picked up my acoustic guitar, which I, I've always played acoustic guitar, but my ambition was always in hard rock and things like that, you know. But I was like, it, it'll be so easy for me to just play over you if I if I play that electric. So whenever we started playing with the acoustic, it complemented her voice perfectly, you know. And so that's how we started developing our sound. It was just doing that. So, so Casey, you still have a nice heavy sound though, heavy and melodic. Yeah, you can that's tell. Like, you can tell. Cool. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, I, I like to, you know, it, it's minor, it's it's heavier, I, it's it's tuned down sometimes, you know. But sorry, Melissa, you were saying. Oh, and I was going to say, and to your point, 2016 is when we did our debut, but ah. we debuted as just the duet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until 2017 that we put together. We we got a drummer, and we got a violin player, but we didn't have a bass player for like another year mm. after that. Um, and we picked, we picked up this young girl named Mia Asano and she was the violin player on our first two albums. If you guys have not checked her stuff out, she's pretty incredible. Um, Beyond incredible. Like she's a virtuoso and she's quite popular on TikTok and Instagram and all that. She does a lot of little short snippets where she, she plays violin over like all kinds of different styles of music she gets requests and stuff and and she has like this fretted violin it's like an it's a mark wood yeah it's a flying b violin yeah i'm looking at it right now it is crazy i'm kind of a fiddle nut because yeah yeah. um and that no wonder Um, she's so popular yeah yeah no she she really blew up in the last year you know like she had some some uh videos that went viral and and she's been just been working well she's smart them. because that's the trend you gotta right. do these exactly. shorts or she, else you're not gonna survive right on it you know yeah. she's riding that wave and you know um we hadn't seen her in a while um because she was in the band before she went to college and she mm-hmm. went off to berkeley and and we hadn't seen her in a couple of years but she actually came and visited us um in december and it was it was really nice to catch up with her and see how much she's grown and her seeing her career blossom and take off is absolutely incredible. We love Magical. seeing, you know, how far she's come. So, but we've, also, I cannot wait. We've yeah. been blessed. You know, we've, we've, you know, she um, recommended uh, Michael Young and he came and played with us for a while until he went to college. And then we had uh, Hayden Davis, Hayden Davis um, another really good, more of a jazzy type of uh, violin player. Mm. Hey, just some EDM stuff yeah. now and, with uh, a violin over it. Our current yeah. violin player, her name is Sarah Yilka, and um, she's a teacher. She teaches violin. She she runs um, an adult um, uh, like string, string camp, camp Denver and, Adult String yeah, Camp. And um, mm. so she's also also incredible, and so. We've been very blessed with the talent um, on violin, but mm-hmm. the mark was kind of set with Mia in the beginning because she She's was so good. All the way like, up here. Yeah. Anybody else who plays our music, they've <laughs> got to be pretty damn good, you know? So Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Excuse me, but what is Nordic exactly referred to? I mean, I'm, I'm not very knowledgeable. So a lot of the Scandinavian um, countries, it refers mm-hmm. to... Iceland, Norway, oh. Sweden, Finland, mm-hmm. um, 
I would say Danish. So mm, okay. Denmark. And I think Estonia has applied to be included in those that group of countries. I think I've heard that. Thank you. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, so so you, how did you come up with the whole costume? thing uh, because it's amazing looking in the face really and oh my gosh Smart. i'm like wow these guys are next level uh nordic is it's the home of the viking and so i mean it was a natural progression for us to start um you know uh going that direction and, Go more and viking. We, we were like should we should we do this should we you know dress up <laughs> like viking and mia asana was like yes this is so cool okay. and and she kind of pushed us over the edge on it and like and we just haven't looked back you know like it just it was like okay let's fully embrace this and, and take this on you know and it's People super love it. Movies yeah. and shows are made about it now all right. the time. Great point. And yeah. it's like, I think we should just start wearing Viking hats around. As, <laughs> as a trend. Oh, what? Sure. They wear it's cowboy hats. Fun, you know? Know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and and now when we play uh, gigs, you know, we put on the war paint and, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going into battle, <laughs> you know, we're going to win the crowd, man. Sure, gonna, I love it. You know, like it's, it's, it's on. <laughs> That's a good analogy. It's going to be interesting to see what happens if you really get well funded and how far you'll push this show. You know, I would like, I'm sure your stage show is out of control. Oh, I mean, yeah. because <laughs> you do a really good job on your videos. I was like, this is very well shot. And like, who's doing all that and making the decision on all that, on how to shoot everything and do that? Well, we, we, wow. it's a collaboration. we usually mm. will like plot out the scenes that we want to capture and then we leave it to the videographer because they obviously have eyes for that and the angles mm. that they need to be approaching but from we also we we give feedback you know like hey let's get this shot or what do you think about sure. that and you know i think the key with that is is you get enough more than enough and then like and then there's a lot of stuff that we did that doesn't get even doesn't even, doesn't end even up go in into it but at least you've oh. got it so yeah. whenever they're editing down they're like oh I, this piece would go good here and you know and it's it's easy for them to edit and they have more than enough instead of oh man i wish i had something here you know and so it's a lot of repetition too you know kind of doing it over and over i want to you know. give a shout out to two videographers while we're on this topic mm. sure. uh, please do van verhoven of enormous productions did our last video which was off the first album, Forgotten. And then Noe de Leon um, did Blind Us. And so two different video producers, mm. um, two different songs. And then we had, I edited down like our first homemade video. Mm -hmm. oh, Which tried, was Shining Like the Sun. Shining Like the Sun. Yeah, hug your editor, everybody. It's hard. Yeah. It is hard. It's hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's maddening. Especially to be on time, you have to like cut so many different frames into it. Oh, yeah. Make it perfect. Make sure it all lines up. And yeah. I I, mm. I appreciate you guys and what you guys do on video editing. They're awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Those editors, man, you got to really give them props as, as much as you can, because, uh, you know, they're, they're really making you look good. You know, kudos to them. They're, they're doing a heck of a great job. So uh, you have live shows too. How many people are really involved in your average live show? Like a, a good one. Well, not at a party. Biggest, so a band wise or like the whole crew? Why don't you uh, tell me what kind of shows you do and kind of, yeah. We, it's interesting because 
um, we kind of can cater to the budget of wherever we're playing. And sometimes if it's a smaller budget, it might just be me and her or maybe me, her and the violin player. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, like our bigger shows, we've had all the way up to seven, seven people where we had a full drummer, bass player, a percussionist, uh, a keyboard player, the violin player, guitar and vocals. So and that's really fun, you know, um, when when we get to do the full production, you know, those are the best. But those mm-hmm. that's only happens maybe you know, a couple times a year, you know, so. Oh, that the synergy that you feel on stage with seven people it's awesome. that are yeah. all like flowing together at the same time. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, it's going to blow up more because I was, I was, we were just telling somebody that, you know, this whole, this whole lockdown thing is making people crave that the, the live show so much, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I hope the online realm is being good to you. Has it been? I'd say, Yes, though I am definitely a proponent of live performance. I tend Mm. to be able to connect with people a little bit more. We're probably better live than we are virtually. I mean, we're Gen X, so like we're not. (laughs) You're dating us, baby. (laughs) We're not as into the, you know, the, you know, online presence as as a lot of young people are, you know, where it it really focuses on that. We post. Uh, you know content but we're not going to be talking to our phone all day <laughs> so. that's awesome i that's i teach awesome. math and music um and so a lot of my day is full of putting my my heart and soul out there already and sure. I, I just i do my best to get online after i'm done with that but i have drained myself by the end of the day and i can't always do it yeah. I admire that so much. And I always love to ask artists where they were born and what their parents were like and where they were born and stuff. And if they were a factor in their lives, because why don't you start, Melissa? Okay, I'm going to start that one. I'm from Alaska. I was born really? in Alaska. Oh, nice. I admire that so much. <laughs> I love Alaska. It's beautiful. Um, I took Jason up there finally for the first time a couple of summers ago and we got to fish on the Kenai and it was it was beautiful I think that he appreciates it but I'm from Alaska my family is very diverse Mm. in a lot of their belief systems we've got we've got basically liberal hunters in our family um so (laughs) we're kind of a hodgepodge of um (sighs) I think what America really is you know Mm -hmm. so I come from hunter cowboys, the same kind of guys. Exactly. But you're like, hey, freedom, freedom. Everybody deserves love, attention, and don't be uncomfortable with people. Don't hate. Don't don't hate. Well said. Um, Nothing to argue with there. Yeah. So I I was raised by um, a pretty fabulous set of parents I would say um they gave us all of the possible opportunities that they could they were very blue collar hardworking um until probably the 90s when you know they get their big break and they start making some money and um they raised us with I'd say high moral standards my father was a deacon of our church growing up and so um I was raised Mm. in the church 
and probably started questioning that at about 16 years old and mm -hmm. uh, doing my own research and um, taking a look at some different religions and belief systems. And I think uh, that molded me into kind of what I believe now. I'm very scientific, nature oriented, tend to tend to uh, love people, believe the best in people, that there is good in everybody and there is also extreme darkness in everybody. And uh, some people are just really good at fooling us. So I wholeheartedly agree. That is great. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's my family, my history. Alaska, we probably, we moved down um, and I was raised on like the Southern New Indian Reservation until mm. I was for about five years, five to 10. Why, why did your parents choose Alaska? Uh, so my mother lived there. She actually graduated from high school at mm. Robert Service High School in Anchorage. <laughs> and my grandfather was an electrician on my dad's side. And so one grandpa was a fireman for the Anchorage Fire Department. Other one was an electrician who worked on and off the pipelines for a lot of years mm -hmm. and raised a ridiculous amount of kids between um, Tacoma, Washington, Anchorage, and Tucson. They, he would just, they would migrate wow. back and forth. So you know what I just recalled about being a kid and hearing about Alaska, that you could make a lot of money just living there. Mm. that they were throwing money at people because it was so tough and they wanted to expand and it was just no picnic there but if you were tough enough boy they'd make it worth your while was that was that kind of true i think that's what kept people around there were a lot of subsidies like the uh 40 uh one of the homestead acts i can't remember which one mm. is still very relevant because it was the last frontier and there's a lot of land that's still available but you have to go homestead and you can't leave it for more than like five and a half months or something of the year in order to retain um, ownership of the land that oh. so you have to care for it and yeah. really be there full time in order for that to be a valid claim. But also I think back in the day they used to send out checks for 1500 to $2,000. And I'd say in the eighties, that was a good amount of money. Not yeah, so much, oh, today, yeah, was. but <laughs> they still did stipends from the oil pipeline and that's like a million plus people that get that stipend every year wow that's really cool that's really yeah. cool so, oh. amazing. yeah so hang on a sec their camera froze a little bit yeah hang on, hang on guys you're just freezing a little bit we'll oh, edit this uh, out no problem yeah no worries there we go there we go we're looking good all right what about you jason yeah, Jason. I was actually born in a small town in Missouri called wow. Harrisonville, Missouri. Mm -hmm. And um, I lived there until I was about five years old. And um, and that's when my father, my father actually passed away. He died in a car accident. Wow, uh, <clears throat> and uh, at that point, I, I moved with my mother to Denver. And I spent the summers with my dad's parents out on the farm in Missouri hmm. and every Christmas until I was about 18. And so I kind of call myself a city farm boy because I'd go to school in Denver. Um, and then during the summers, 
during harvest and um, harvest season, basically, I'd be out on the farm working with all the animals in the nice. field and stuff. So um, I got a good upbringing of, of, you know, knowing what city life is, but I also, I knew, I know where my food came, comes from. I you know, I've sure. you know, got my hands dirty, you know, on the farm in the summer. So I think, you know, it, it helped, you know, uh, you know, bring me up cultured, you know, like where I kind of understand, you know, those two different lifestyles and, and uh, and I, there, there's pros and cons of each way of living, you know, <clears throat> there's not many farmers out there anymore. You know, it's, it's hard to make a living as, as a farmer nowadays, but so, yeah, uh, whenever, um, I was 11 was whenever I got my first guitar and I told my mom, I wanted, I wanted an electric guitar, mom. <laughs> I bugged her for like a year. I want to play guitar, mom. And, and, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. So she actually got my uncle to give me um an old acoustic guitar that he had when he was a teenager and uh and I was like this is great but I want to play electric guitar mom <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and uh and my uncle goes well if you get good at playing that then you'll be really good at electric and I was like all right give me that thing and I there's no looking back after that I was like this is this is what I'm going to do with my life you know so nice yeah wow, that is awesome that is awesome. What what are your musical influences, both of you? I mean, what you're definitely? the rock guy. <laughs> yeah, the rock guy. He's the rock guy. Well, I mean, I mean, as a guitar player, Metallica was really huge because I, you know, there it's great guitar music, you know, and uh, I saw them so many times. Right. Yeah. They're and they're great <laughs> live band. I've seen them quite a few times. But then as I became a te uh, teenager, I really started getting into like a lot of industrial music. I was listening to like uh, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails, Skinny oh, Puppy, yeah. things like that, you know. You know Skinny Puppy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're amazing live, man. Nice. Oh, my God. One of the best shows I've ever seen. You want to talk about theatrics and like a performance and multi-level like you know musical talent from you know the keyboards and and the drums and the guitars to very you know eclectic like vocal like arrangements and you know i mean yeah like i was a super fan of them when i was younger so yeah. i was glad i actually got to see them once yeah so wow so yeah. yeah so um but you know from my childhood i i you know like my favorite bands were like led zeppelin and black sabbath and um you know the doors and a lot of the nice. classic rock yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, you know, like I just have so many different influences, but I always liked the hard rock growing up, you know, but, uh, and then I got a little older. I liked like a, per a perfect circle, you know, like uh death cap for cutie, you know, like a lot of more melodic stuff as I, as I got older. So like, I think you kind of hear that in my, in my guitar arrangements is that, it has this dark ethereal like style but it's really melodic and pretty at the same time you know so that's kind of that's kind of what developed me as a guitar player and i also uh, i didn't take lessons um until like i was like 16 years old so i didn't even know what a measure was i didn't know you know all, what a440 was so when i was trying to play along with the songs on the radio i wasn't in tune with it and it, i was just like this ain't working so I'd actually started writing my own stuff. I was like, that was a lot more productive to me because I, my uncle taught me how to tune the guitar together, but I didn't know how to tune to other people, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, 
so I learned all the in these all these weird tunings and stuff like that and and different um ways to like all right this sounds good to me I like it you know and and I developed my my style naturally that way where um and then later on I took lessons and read books and stuff like that and oh oh that's what a measure is that's what a quarter note is you know like (laughs) and you know it was kind of hard actually because I was actually pretty good at writing my own music but then I, I had to slow down and like learn how to read music, learn how to, you know, play with other musicians and, and uh, be a, a well-rounded guitar player, you know, so. Well, it's an amazing thing you've created here. And uh, I, I, I can't see why it won't just keep growing and growing now that things are kind of, you know, easing up a little bit across the world. At least I hope they are. It seems like we have a new crisis every 15 minutes, but uh Anyway, you know, uh, it's it's really uh, great having you here. Is there any, what are your goals right now? Well, right What now, are your obstacles we, and what are your goals? We'll do it that way. Yeah. Well, we have a lot that's coming up this year. This year okay. has been, um, it, we've got a lot on the calendar. So we're going to be doing a small tour of Alaska uh, in nice. August. Um working with the Denali Arts Council and then a first year festival that is flying us up out of Fairbanks um, called Heathen Days and Pagan Nights. Uh, so it's <laughs> fun. It'll be fun. Um, so we're doing that. We also finished recording the last five songs off of the third album. So we have a junior release finally now that COVID has kind of settled down we flew out our producer from Oregon um back in October and so he's been working on mixing mastering uh the last five songs off of the album and we'll be releasing those slowly kind of every six weeks we'll be releasing a single over the next seven months Mm. um first one will drop in March Nice. So we did this, we did a song on this album called Drum Demai. It is all in Norwegian. So it's a kind of movie for me. It took me a long, like six months to just like listen to the pronunciation of all the words so that I could get it right. Sure. And not not sound like I was faking it. And this song is actually one of the oldest Norwegian uh, written songs. songs it was from the 14th century and it's actually written in in old runic and so um and and we definitely kind of took our own vision of it we didn't like okay i'm not going to play this exactly the like we kind of the core of it is is the same but we kind of we put our own like nordic daughter vibe onto you know the song and made it made it our own which is cool Yeah. yeah I'm really excited wow. to hear the the mastered version when it comes back from the studio. Sure. Yeah, it should be in like a week. Yeah, can we soon. So we're happy. Um, that is a good idea. Other, the only other thing that we have is we've got a pretty full schedule of requests that are starting to come in for 2023 from June till November. So we'll have a lot of show announcements coming up. Oh, that's great. So you're keeping very busy in that uh, releasing them every six weeks because smart, you know, single by single. That's the way to go nowadays. It is. People don't buy albums anymore. It's just, no, they don't. Yeah. I mean, they will at the, at the live show, maybe, you know what 
I mean, well, that's a good point. Yeah. Coming back. But other than Seriously. that, it's, it's you know, people have playlists now. They, they I love this song. I want to put it on my playlist. You know. Sure. You hit it right so on the nose. We're trying to cater to the the new market, you know, and how how the industry works today. You know. Smart. It's a beautiful thing, you know, that you can self, you know, promote and self produce and just do it yourself. You know, I. I just I, I I don't think I'm really listening to anybody anymore that's active that's like on a label. You no, know what right. I mean I yeah. don't listen to the radio, guys. I'm looking right. for entirely new stuff, and you know this is exactly the kind of stuff that I get stuck on is people who are making a big production out of something, and they're doing what no one else is doing. And gosh, you guys really have found your niche here and um you look great you sound great your website is great and i think it's only a matter of time before you guys are just like really i mean how much what what would you do if you know you you suddenly blew up to the point where you just had like enough money to do whatever you wanted what what would be the first things you would implement like right away well i mean as a band or I, as like a dream and a vision of well, what we want to uh, do. Yeah. We definitely yeah. want to those. tour the world. I mean, we want to go yeah. to Australia. We want to go to sure. Japan. We have a lot of bucket lists, you know, so being able, because it's really expensive to get out to those places. And so mm. getting the monetary, you know, backing to actually make those kind of tours. I mean, that's a big obstacle for us right now. Um, that's it. But I think that also shows how important the live show is to you again. You know, that's what right. you would be doing is going yeah. uh, running around, sharing your show live. We would probably working countries. our butts off, you know, like <laughs> if we had a lot of success. We would be out on the road for sure. You know? Nice. Um, and, and making our production even bigger, you know, like doing the really big lights and, and, and getting more theatrical with our performances and, and hiring some dancers, maybe doing, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, we, we've kind of <laughs> put together our, our, our costumes and stuff like that, yeah. but really being able to afford like hand tailored, you know, made stuff that's like specifically for us, you know, that would be really cool to do too. You know, we could really dial in the, our style and what we're doing, you know, Invest what do you get all this old books and stuff? I mean, what's the reference point That's of all these, point. These, these old looks and stuff? It looks so good. So like some of the furs that are actually sewn together, um, I had help from a furrier named Andres Sagas. Mm -hmm. He's a Greek man who has a little fur and leather shop here in Colorado. Um, and he helped us. I, I bought like 20 or 30 furs from China and they came in and we sat down and we we're like okay this is what I need here this is what I need here I need something for me I need something for me I need a fur kilt which mm -hmm. is probably what I wear the most around my shoulders now yeah. and not really <laughs> as a kilt but we've I feel like a lot of the stuff that we have I've also piecemealed some of my costumes together hmm. I find I'll find something old and then I'll sew it together or create something different with it. Um, yeah, I, I tend to thrift store a lot. So I, I'm looking for the type of fabric and material. 
and then I can put it together. She's actually an artist too. So she nice. she actually did the artwork on our first two albums. And um, and we actually, we sell drinking horns at our shows. Um, and oh, they're on your website those. too, right? You have merch. I yeah, saw those on this. Oh, yeah. they're so nice. What <laughs> yeah, a great cool. idea. I know. And um, she actually oh, custom paints those too. Nice. And we sell them for a little bit more because they're custom done. And, and um, you know, she's, she did like a, a remake of wow. the a Starry Night, you know, Van Gogh, mm. and and I was so impressed with, you know, it's hard to do that on a on a flat canvas. She wrapped that thing around and it all tied together, and I was like, I don't know how you you do that, but she's actually really talented. So this whole thing smacks of art. I mean, you guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Really are, yeah. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the compliment. Oh, I'm very, very impressed. Yeah, and it seems yeah. like neither of you have any free time. You're always working, doing something, we you know. are very busy. <laughs> right. Not that there's anything wrong dead, with whatever. that. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I, have, I have a passion for, like, spreading the type of music and messages that we do. I mean... I, I teach math and music, but I teach math and music in one of our youth facilities here in Colorado. Hmm. So I'm dealing with students that really can benefit from working with music because as most, most people have come to realize, music really is the key to solving and healing a lot of the traumas, the emotional traumas, sure. psychological traumas, being able to process a lot of the pain and the feelings that you have happens through music um and we in colorado have really started to focus on a more trauma responsive model of treatment for youth offenders and this it just really resonates with what we're doing with the band uh i don't i don't think i could stop working even if i even if we had the funding and we were touring yeah. pretty regularly, I would probably choose to tour around the summer months and uh, still try okay. to support and help kids that are. Yes. Spoken like a true teacher, you know, really? teachers yeah. are special people. They it are. doesn't get you rich. You know, it doesn't make you famous. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, and, you know, my mom was a teacher and it was just hard, you know, and she just kept going and going and going, just like you're obviously loving, caring people. We care about people in the world. And uh, I think in the end, this is really what's going to launch you into the stratosphere. And I hope you come back once these songs start coming out and you yeah. promote with us. Having said that, what can you tell our viewers to so they can find you like right now, right away? You can find us on everything if you just go to our website at nordicdaughter.com. Yes, we'll put that um, in the uh, show notes. Yeah. That's the easiest place. Like right along the bottom, you can link to all of our social media. Um, if you go forward slash music at the end of that, um, we've got links to every single streaming platform on there. So you can just choose one and it'll take you to our, our pages on those. Nice. Everybody get over there. I just left there. It's so much fun. Amazingly well done. Everybody, Nordic Daughter. Nordicdaughter.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah.